project management, I hear that it is complicated for some folks. They say, Phil, there's so much information, and I don't know how to put it all together and all that stuff. Well, today, we're going to talk about a project. I'm going to make it as pragmatic as possible. It is a backpack project. That's right. You know, these things that we call backpacks. Have you ever thought about how they are made, how they are manufactured, the business case for some of these? I'm going to be walking you through a brilliant idea that a friend of mine and I put together to help teach people project management. So we created a bunch of templates to show how project management flows, the idea from conceptualization, chartering, all the way to the end. So I'm going to be showing you a few documents, but it's going to go really fast. So you want to stay with me as we begin to break down how a project could be put together for backpacks. So let's jump straight into the very first document that you probably have heard about. It's called a project charter. The project charter is a document that authorizes this project. You see, it says design, produce, and transform various easy day hikes into multi-day treks, travel, and versatile backpacks. So we've got the idea of this entire project. The purpose of the project is to search select various types of hiking and trekking backpacks, their specifications and features, and work with stakeholders to select design for production of various easy day hikes to multi-day treks, travel, and it goes on and on about the business case for this project. So the very first document that happens in the world of project management, for those of you getting ready for the exam, you want to remember it's develop project charter, if nothing else. Remember that this is the very first thing. You develop the project charter. When you have developed the project charter, you then work on identifying your stakeholders, right? So we already have a list of key stakeholders, but we take it to the next level by creating this called a stakeholder register. As you can see, the stakeholder register captures information about the stakeholders, and it just helps you understand a little bit more about these stakeholders. You can see their name, their position, company, contact, all this great information uh, to help you better understand how to manage their requests, their requirements, how to keep them engaged, how to keep the project moving along in their best interest. That's what we do here. Okay. So those two things I told you are in initiating. When you get done with most of the initiating basic stuff, you then begin incorporating more of the planning, executing, monitoring, and controlling, and not in that order, because you could have the project charter developed on, on day one. Perhaps by day three, you're now looking for team members, okay? You haven't even finished planning. You haven't even really started planning, but you're immediately thinking about getting people on so that you can engage their services to help you plan. Did you ever think of that, that you don't really finish executing before you go into monitoring and controlling? You don't really finish planning before you go into executing because there's rolling wave planning. So even though you do some planning and you come out with a project management plan, you've got to remember it's version one. Even though you've come out with a project charter, you need people to help you plan the project. 
So in some instances, you need to get into executing, which is where you do the recruiting, which is where you bring people on board. Remember, we talk about acquire resources. It's in executing. So I want you to get that straight as far as the sequence and the order of things, all right? So after your stakeholder register has started, you've started putting information in throughout the life of the project, we can then begin talking about the project management plan, okay? This is a plan that guides every aspect of the project. So if we go on down here to the table of contents, you can see we've got scope management, schedule management, cost, quality, resources, communications, risk, procurement, pretty much everything you would expect is in this plan. But you've got to remember that we're going to be adding to this plan throughout the duration of the project. So you don't necessarily have to have separate items. You can just have one composite, especially for small and medium projects where you don't have the luxury of doing so much of this, okay? Now, with this said, I would like to introduce you to a few concepts. First of all, I know that people find planning a little bit hard. So I want to give you an idea, you know, a one-size-fits-all idea that will help you across planning so that anytime you hear the word plan, I want you to just think of this concept I'm going to show you. It's going to be a great catch-all to help anyone who is struggling with understanding, okay, these plans, so many of them, what is in this plan? What is in that plan? I'm going to show you. I just call it the five W's and the H. We're going to take a look at them right now. So when you hear the word plan in project management, right? you hear the word plan, it's usually in this format, X management plan, which, which means X is the knowledge area, right? Typically, where X is equal to the knowledge area. So we could have scope management plan, uh, schedule management plan, cost management, so on and so forth. So just imagine it like that. But this is what is in every plan. What is in every plan? Are you ready? This is the big reveal. Some of you have heard me talk about it before, but this is going to help you so that you never guess again. You will never have to guess. Okay. The what. The when. The where. The why. The who and the how. Watch this. The what for the knowledge area. You see the train coming? It's going to hit you in a second in a good way. All right, so we got the what are we doing in this knowledge area? When are we doing it? Where, if there's a place of performance, right? So what for the knowledge area, the when for the knowledge area, the where for the knowledge area, the why for the knowledge area, the who in the knowledge area, and the how of the knowledge area. Whenever you see a plan in the world of the PMP for your exam, ask yourself this. Let me give you a simple example, okay? So if I take scope management, okay, 
and I say scope management plan. Right? What are we doing? in this area as far as processes for managing this area this area as far as processes for managing this area Actually, let's say planning this area, right? Planning this area, managing this area, monitoring this area, controlling this area. Let me show you what this means. How are we going to plan? How will we plan scope? And then you could say, well, we're going to use a scope statement. We're going to use a WBS. How are we going to manage this area? The team executes. Team and PM monitor the work how you can say they validate scope through the customer you're getting it right and they control the scope okay this is how you need to be thinking about every knowledge area right when for the knowledge area you could say throughout the project scope will be planned in iterations monitored continuously and controlled And, and I could go on and on and on, right? Where, where will this happen? You could go as far as saying the scope planning workshops will happen on Tuesdays in the hall, wherever that might be. Why? To ensure stakeholder alignment and customer satisfaction you could say for quality quality purposes who is going to be doing this the PM and the team stakeholders the vendor, so on and so forth. How? Using decomposition and other scope management tools. 
and techniques. You could go a step further and you could you could start listing them out for each aspect. So you could say for requirements, it's gonna be brainstorming, interviews, focus groups, questionnaires, surveys, facilitated workshops, prototyping, so on and so forth. This, my friends, is how you need to think about the plans. You need to have the understanding. You see, all this stuff I'm giving you is not from the PMBOK guide. This is an understanding of it. And you need to get to the point where you can break down what is in every plan. I can do this till the cows come home for every single one of those knowledge areas. You got a typo there. Every single one of these knowledge areas, right? Customer, okay. Well, you know what I mean, you know what I mean. So that that's it. Sorry if some of it didn't appear in the beginning. And uh, there you have it, there you have it. So for every plan, my friends, when you take a look at this, you need to take this and expand it in your mind's eye, okay? It's, it's going to be quite a long statement in, in some uh, documents. It's going to be a long paragraph, and in other places, each knowledge area might just be a few lines, you know, maybe just as big as this in, in some instances. So if you don't feel comfortable with what is in the project management plan, I would advise you to go back, read the content, you know, and be comfortable with it, all right? So there you have it. That's what's in the project management plan, but let's go a step further. When the project management plan has at least its skeletal details, we can move into scope management, right? And this is where we create a project scope statement as you can see, this takes the higher level scope and breaks it down into smaller pieces. We call it a project scope statement. Let's blow it up so you can see it a lot clearer. And that's our project scope statement, okay? Then we have requirements documentation as well. This actually comes before the, the scope statement. So we collect requirements, and as a result of collecting the requirements documentation, and doing the requirements traceability matrix. After that, that is when we can flesh out the requirements into an understanding of the scope. Because as I always say, scope begets requirements. The scope is just the beginning. Uh, you got to, the requirements is just the beginning. You got to expand that into scope. And then you got to take the scope and expand the scope uh, into schedule. So you're gonna see in a second, we're gonna keep expanding uh, this knowledge that we have here into more and more and more uh, information. So let's go on to uh, other documents in this sheet, like the schedule, the schedule content. So that's all requirements and scope. This is a WBS, another scope document that I spoke about last time. Uh, different organizations have their own ways. They uh, breakdown work in a WBS. Okay, this is a very broadly horizontal WBS. That's a WBS dictionary which explains all of the details in the WBS. 
this is an activity list. And as you can see here, we have activities listed, which is why it's called an activity list. Those map back to a WBS code and we've got a description there. We also have activity attributes. In some instances, some firms go this far to break down each activity into a robust description so that you understand what exactly each activity is. All right, a lot of attributes. Imagine this is for every activity on, on the project. All right, next we have a milestone list and it's a list of the key milestones with a description and a date, which is the milestone date. Then when we get done with all this uh, scheduling stuff, we go into cost. But there's a very important concept I want you to grasp, and that is the concept of scheduling in a tool like Microsoft Project or, or some other uh, tool. Microsoft Project is pretty robust in that it has the capability for you to schedule, start, finish dates, and many more fields. Actual start, actual finish, baseline start, baseline finish. I could go on and on. But it also has the ability to track costs. Yeah, like really, really detailed tracking of cost. So if we go to the resource sheet, you can see these resources have got rates. Well, in Microsoft Project, if you wanted to, you could track the cost. And uh, there's an example of the cost. You can go as far as tracking the earned value metrics, such as the earned value, uh, the planned value, the actual cost, you know, and then you could use this to report so it's quite a robust tool so when you when you think about scheduling think about schedule cost scope being integrated right because you've got the items the items are based on the scope and then you have these metrics such as the plan value which is what you scoped out to do initially uh, plan value here which is what you scoped out to do initially the earn value what was actually done and the actual cost what was actually spent so having this mindset this idea can help you to understand that one tool could be used to track all those knowledge areas okay and then when you get done with activity costing you roll it up to a higher level to get you know more like a, a roll up of everything you don't have to use bottom-up cost estimating all the time you can use parametric analogous three point but when all that is said and done you're gonna roll the number up into a final total across the entire project. So on the at the project level, you have your you know final budget, and then at the task level, you got your your task cost, which you should be tracking. So keep that in mind. All right, the next thing here is a quality management plan. Again, you got to remember the five W's and the H. Why do we care about quality? What are we doing? Which quality standards do we need to adhere to and so on? Quality metrics. Which quality metrics are relevant to this project? This is our resource management plan and here we are talking more about the human resources but this is a plan where you can track every resource. Like human equipment, materials, supplies, facilities. And what we're doing here is we're just planning how are we going to manage our resources effectively how are we going to lead the team how are we going to control our physical resources that's what would be here the next we have a communications management plan how are we going to communicate why and when similar to the five w's and the h then we have a risk management plan okay 
and it guides us on how we're going to manage risk. Pretty detailed. This is an example of a risk register. Look for my video of about two or three days ago. I gave you like a 30-minute breakdown of how to put a risk register together from scratch. So if you haven't uh, checked that out, please do. And if you're enjoying the content, my friends, if you've watched me till now, I want to ask you to go on down to the comments. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you liked, what helped you, and what you want to know more of. And also hit that like button. And I want you to return to the channel because I'm going to keep bringing you great content to help you for your PMP exam. All right. So let's go back. This is a risk register. You've got the risks that you identified in there, the cause, the risk, and the effect. You could also have a qualitative risk analysis, a quantitative risk analysis in there, and all your responses as well. If you've done it really well, your risk register should have all of that content. And then uh, finally, we've got a procurement management plan, how to manage our procurements. And we've got a stakeholder engagement plan about how to engage our stakeholders. And when you get done with this aspect, this aspect of uh, planning especially, this is when you move into the executing and the monitoring and controlling aspects. Some of the things that could happen here, I'll just give you a very quick idea. We track issues because as issues crop up, we got to track them. We got, you know, as good project managers, we should. So we should be tracking all of these problems, issues. We should be looking for resolution of these issues as well. The next thing I want to remind you about is the quality audits take place in executing. So as you're carrying out checks of the process, you want to be recording that as well. Uh, next thing that should happen, we've got team member performance assessments as well. We check to see how well our team members are doing collectively and as a group. We give them feedback. We schedule exercises, team building, training to get them to optimum. We also have change requests that come as a result of many processes in executing. So keep that in mind. And uh, it goes on and on. We use different mechanisms. This one is definitely going to be used for a number of things. You know, you input information, you uh, track the schedule, you track cost in here, and many, many more things. Okay, so that's pretty much it, my friends. I just wanted to give you some further clarity and context using this example of a, a backpack project, and that's how it flows. You know, if you don't have uh, the ability to uh, look at documents for the PMP exam. I'm going to show you a website here. It's tinyurl.com forward slash sigma PMO. And that is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website. Great website. Um, I would highly advise anyone who is looking for templates and tools to help them in their prep to go on down there. Okay. When you go on down there, what you're going to find is a treasure trove of stuff. You got so many documents, great stuff. I've been through this site a gazillion times. I show it to everyone and I ask people who are stuck, go on down there, check it out, download. You might as well. Taxpayer money. Why not? All right. All right, my friends, that's all for today. If you have any questions, don't forget what I asked you. Just ask, put a comment below. And uh, let me know that this was of help to you. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe. Thank you very much. All the best. Bye for now.
And one more very quick reminder for you, my friends. If you are looking for training and coaching and you're stuck in your prep, go on down to hpmexam.com because in February, we got a three-week program and it's a steal right now. You want to go on down to hpmexam.com look at the curriculum it's starting in february we're going to have subsequent sessions but if this sounds like something you need if you need someone to help you comb through the areas take you through as a tour guide through the the maze of getting certified maybe it seems like a maze to you you need to go on down there hpmexam.com all right i look forward to seeing you you take care and bye for now